Good evening. Glad that you're with us tonight. Tonight, for the next few minutes, we're going to think about the idea of I want to know Christ. Now, that's a famous passage in the Bible, but when I was a kid, and still sometimes, we used to sing that song, I want to know Christ and the power of his rising, to share in his suffering. You remember that song probably if you're tuning in on a Sunday night. Now, I can remember times that I've sung that song, especially when I was in the youth group as a kid, and we weren't always paying exact attention. And sometimes as we would sing, we'd look at each other and we'd laugh. You know, I want to know Christ and power of his rising, sharing his suffering. And I would probably, I'm not even going to say probably. I definitely know what we were doing at that time, while we certainly meant well, was completely missing what was being said by the Apostle Paul when he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write that. Now, Christian integrity, as you have heard all of your life, if you have heard from preachers or from others, is more important than anything else. You know, it's more important than tradition. And maybe tonight some of you have tuned in just because it's your tradition to tune in on Sunday night or to actually be in person when we're allowed to do that. It is more important than family. And some of you, because of your family, that's the reason you tune in or you go to church whenever, whenever we're out of a pandemic it's even more important than an occupation. You've heard this all of your life. I'm sure you have if you are a church-going person. But sometimes we say, well, I would do this, I would do that, but my job, as if job trumps everything else, that's not Bible at all. That's just us, right? It's more important even than status. Whether I get the job, I get the promotion, whatever it may be, it's more important than all of those things. And you've heard that all of your life. And so tonight I want you to maybe listen to the Bible and hear from the Bible, me included, listen as I read it. And so what the Apostle Paul was saying in that passage of Scripture when he wrote to the church, the ancient church in Philippi, in chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, he talks about his past life and what it's like to be a Christian. And he says, but whatever were gains to me in his past life, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything, you see that? Everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Wow, he is really strong, really powerful in this passage. He says, everything from the past that I've ever done, it is garbage compared to knowing Jesus. Anything that I'm doing right now, it's garbage compared to knowing Jesus. Now, some of us probably would say knowing Jesus is really important, but I'm not going to say everything is garbage compared to it. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, would say that, believe it or not. And I want us to think about this idea of suffering because he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his rising. 
share in his suffering. See, that's sometimes the line that we don't always hear. There are a lot of preachers out there that, you know, say you come to Christ and you're going to get that new car and you're going to get that new house and you're going to get a new job. And while you may get those things, being a Christian is about suffering. At least that's part of being a Christian is about suffering. Suffering for Christ helps us to know Christ. You know, if you want to know what a person was like, for example, if you were to want to know what, what some movie star was like or some famous writer, you might go to their country or to their city or even see the house where they were to try to understand them, to know who they were. And then if you were to actually have suffering similar to that person, you would know them even better. You know what suffering often does? It solidifies our commitment. Certainly our commitment to each other. You remember back, especially during World War II, but then the rest of us learned the phrase from the, from the TV series, a band of brothers. When you're in a foxhole with someone else, you become a band of brothers, don't you? Because you have experienced a suffering that other people can't understand. Now, we use that in a much lighter version when we talk about sports and, and things such as that. But it's that idea with Christ that when we suffer like Christ did or for Christ, that we start solidifying the commitment that we have to him because we become more like him. We become more like Jesus when we suffer for the cause of Jesus. For most of us living in the United States at this point in time and living in Houston, while certainly everyone in Houston is not a Christian or even close to it, our lives are pretty comfy compared to people in many other parts of the world. But when we suffer for Christ, things start to change. Our commitment, our devotion to him is different than it was before. It's not on your screen tonight, but you may remember when when uh, Ananias was told to go and see Paul when his name was still Saul whenever he wanted to be baptized, you remember that God talked to him and Ananias wasn't sure if you know, it was a good thing to go see him because after all, Saul in those days was a terrorist. And one of the things that God says to him, in the, to Ananias that night was, I want him to know how much he must suffer for my sake. We also suffer or should suffer for the sake of Christ. Because what he's telling us is being a Christian is going all in. It is saying, I am completely yours, 100%. I'm not going away. I belong to Jesus. Christianity is not something we add on. In some countries around the world and maybe even some people who are watching tonight are in places that are very difficult. And you have made a decision to follow Christ when you know that you could lose your house because you're a Christian. You know you could lose your family because you are a Christian. But you have made the decision to follow Jesus no matter what. Sometimes that's more difficult for us because we're protected to some degree by our Constitution. And sometimes it's socially acceptable to believe in Jesus. And sometimes those things that are so wonderful and we hold on to because we want it to be socially acceptable, we want to have a government that protects us, 
But sometimes those very things that are so wonderful weaken our faith in Jesus because we don't suffer the same way. In Matthew chapter 16 and verses 24 through 26, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, well, they'll find it. So what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Nothing is more important than our Christian faith. Nothing. You remember all those things we talked about in the beginning? Occupation and family and those other things? Nothing is more important than our Christian faith. I can give up anything but Jesus. He is above everything. Well, what? Everything. He is above everything. Now, one of the things that he's dealing with in context in Philippians, and you heard it from Colby's reading tonight, is about legalism. And true righteousness is not found in legalism. You know that idea, well, I'm going to do it exactly this way and that way and this way and that way, and we think, boy, if I get all the bases covered, then I've got everything right. And Paul says, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that's not true righteousness. True righteousness is through faith in Jesus. True faith in living him out. I'm not done yet, but I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you a question here, or ask you a question. Do I want to know Jesus or just talk about him? Now, here's the sad part in all this. Some of us, baptized believers in Jesus, Christians, we don't even want to talk about him, right? If the subject comes up at work, it's, oh, no, I could get fired. Oh, no, I could get written up for this. Neighbors want to, neighbors say something, I don't want to talk. I don't want my neighbors to know I'm shy, I'm embarrassed, right? So do I want to know Jesus? Because if I know Jesus, really know him, I can't stop but talk about him. Just like you can't stop from talking about a spouse or children or grandchildren or a girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever it is, it's just going to come out because it's who you are. But if that never comes out, do you really know Jesus? You see, Jesus must become my passion. Jesus is who I live for. It's Jesus. It's all about him. It should be what I do. It's who I am. It's Jesus. Let me say this. If your desire in life, if your chief desire is to have a happy life, you don't know Jesus very well. If your chief desire in life is to make a political statement, you don't know Jesus very well. If your chief desire in life is to make money, you don't know Jesus very well. You're saying, are you judging me? No, I'm saying that what you know is not Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, everything else is garbage compared to knowing Jesus. I'm not about making political statements. I'm not about making money. I'm not about living a happy life. Although all those things can be wonderful and I can do all of those things. But knowing Jesus has to be above all of those things. Knowing Jesus is incorporated in all of those things. 
So this isn't on your screen tonight, but I want to throw this in anyway. So how would I ever suffer for Christ? You mean being hung on a cross? Is that how I would suffer for Christ? Well, it could be, but that is obviously and doesn't happen very often, and that's great. But when I give up things for the cause of Christ, in a sense, I'm suffering for Christ. When people maybe don't want to be around me because of my faith or what I might think or what I might say, in a sense, I'm suffering for Christ. Maybe not terrible suffering, but it is some type of suffering for Christ. When I don't get a promotion because I don't want a person with my morals or integrity in that position, I may be suffering for Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. If I'm not invited to the party, I may be suffering for Christ. But Christ is above everything. Just like I wouldn't want to go to a place where they didn't want me if my wife wasn't a part of it or important. I wouldn't want to go to a place if, my, if they thought my children were nothing. I'd, I'd want nothing to do with that. It's the same thing with Christ, even more so. If there is a place where Christ is not wanted, why would we want to be wanted there unless we can bring Christ with us? So finally, I get to that question. Can I say, so what, to everything but Jesus? Hey, you've done well in business, so what? Hey, you've, you've got a great family, so what? Hey, you, you know, you, you're really smart, so what? Can I say that the most important thing in my life is Jesus? He's above everything. When I put him above everything all at once, I am able to do things that I could have never done before because Jesus is top in my life. There's a quote, it's not on your screen tonight, by Malcolm Muggridge. Malcolm Muggridge was a great defender of, of Jesus to people who were not Christians he was British, died in 1990. This is what he said about his life. At one point in his life, he'd been a socialist and a communist and lived in Russia and went through lots of things of not believing in God and then did believe in God. And this is what he says. I can say that I never knew what joy was like until I gave up pursuing happiness or cared to live until I chose to die. For these two discoveries, I am beholden to Jesus. I want you to understand that. True happiness will not come if we are trying to pursue it without Jesus. True satisfaction in life will never be there unless we are beholden to Jesus. Unless we follow Jesus. Because there's only one thing that gives hope beyond the grave. It's Jesus. Because otherwise, as I get to, to 50 years old or 70 years old or 90 years old or 100 years old, I start realizing the clock is running out and all these accomplishments are nothing except for Jesus who takes me through to the next wonderful eternal episode of life. In the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus endured the cross and the shaming of the cross 
because of the joy that was before him, knowing the joy of glorifying his father and knowing that he would be with his father. So I can handle the shame now when people want to say things about me because of the joy of being with God the Father and Jesus the Son someday. So can I say so what to everything? You may not be there yet. I'm not always there, believe me. But tonight, we want to be there. We want to be closer to Jesus than we've been before. Tonight, if you have questions or thoughts, send them to elders at mcoc.org and we'll make sure that they pray for you. Many people are doing that. You can either tell us if it's public or private and we'll pray for you. We want God to be first. We will arrange it so you can be baptized even tonight. We want God to be first. Let's pray. Dear God, we are so weak. Sometimes, Father, we're afraid and we're afraid of what people will think about us. We're sometimes afraid of what people will think about us that we don't know and we won't even see again. But Father, we want to put you first. We want Jesus to be first. We want to know Christ, share in his sufferings. Father, we want to read our Bibles and meditate on the word. We want to serve Jesus and like Jesus and suffer like Jesus so that we may know him because there is nothing more important than knowing Jesus. Father, we put you first. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.